Good morning, everybody. Um, I want to share with you a few thoughts I have about our visitation, our pilgrimage to Armenia, which was, for me, truly a wonderful and enriching experience. I've taken many groups to Armenia. The first group that I helped to organize uh, as a pilgrimage to Armenia was in 2001, and we took a, a lot of young people, like 110 young people, to Armenia. It was a huge liability for everybody involved, but we still did it anyway, and it was a wonderful transformative experience. I can say that I can trace back my own calling to the priesthood from that 10-day experience that we had in the homeland uh, over 16 years ago. And since then, personally, I've been invested in bringing groups to Armenia, and as a representative of the Armenian Church, I felt as though it was very important and necessary that as often as possible we present this opportunity to our faithful to become reconnected with their roots in the homeland. So here in this parish, we've organized a few pilgrimages. We organized a pilgrimage to Armenia in 2014 and a pilgrimage to Jerusalem in 2016. And of course, this year we had the opportunity to coordinate this pilgrimage for the occasion of the 60th anniversary of this church, as well as the 60th anniversary of St. Vartan, Oakland, our sister parish across the bay. Together, we had a group of 54 pilgrims visit the homeland. With some few exceptions, particularly on a parish level, you've never seen a group this big in Armenia. And it was really a wonderful experience to see what would happen when we'd visit institutions and villages and homes and churches with a group this large because it created this um, environment, this experience around it. People were excited to come and be a part of what this group was experiencing, and, and certainly I was too. There are many reasons why pilgrimages to Armenia are important, and in this community we'll continue to arrange them, not only pilgrimages to Armenia, but also pilgrimages to the Holy Land. Hopefully in the future we'd like to also organize pilgrimages to historic Armenia as well as other locations. These moments are very important, and I'm going to explain to you why through my personal experience. But before I do, I want to take a second to tell you about this gospel reading that we're uh, encountering today, which you can find in your bulletin. This is one of my favorite gospel readings, truly, because it has contained within it a concept which is fundamental to our understanding of our Christian faith. It's core to what it means for us to make decisions and understand what our motivations are as Christians in this life. In this passage from the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 12, Christ is challenged by the Pharisees on an issue relating to the Sabbath. And the Pharisees are ready to accuse Christ of something very serious. They want to accuse him of breaking the Sabbath. This is, well, this is a, a serious crime. What do you think would happen to somebody who broke the Sabbath? Jail, you wish. They got stoned to death if they broke the Sabbath. And the Pharisees were accusing Christ and his disciples of this. Now, what was the Sabbath? The Sabbath was, of course, the day that was set aside to honor the seventh day of creation when Christ rested. And so, according to the Judaic faith, they must also rest. They're not asked to rest or expected to rest. It's demanded of them that they rest, which means they can't do anything. They shouldn't work. They shouldn't uh, do errands or chores, basically all the things that you guys do on the Sabbath, on Sunday. And the reason a lot of people don't come to church because they're getting their groceries shopping done or whatever it is they need to get done on their free day. They couldn't do any of these things on the Sabbath. And if they did, they would be stoned to death. 
So what happened was Christ was walking with the disciples in a field. They were very hungry. So what did they do? They picked some grains from the wheat field that they were walking through and ate it. The act of picking those grains was breaking the Sabbath for them. That little act of harvesting just two or three grains or something that they could eat on the road was breaking the Sabbath. And the Pharisees came to Christ and they said, you and your disciples broke the Sabbath. How can you be a rabbi? How can you be a teacher? How can you be the son of God if you broke his most sacred commandment to keep the Sabbath holy? And by the way, we're going to stone you. So Christ challenges them. And he brings up an example regarding King David when he broke the Sabbath. But more importantly, he references a verse from the book of Hosea, which tells us something very important about Christ's motivations. He says, if you understood what it meant that I desire mercy and not sacrifice, then you would not judge the innocent. If you understood what it meant that I desire mercy and not sacrifice, then you would not judge the innocent. These uh, concepts of mercy and sacrifice are very important within our Christian understanding. Mercy is a synonym for love, and sacrifice is a synonym for duty. For the Israelites, serving God was all about duty. There was a law, and as long as they were dutiful in keeping the law, they were unpunishable, regardless of what was in their heart or their motivations, regardless of what they felt about any given issue. If I hated somebody to the point where I wanted to kill them, as long as I didn't kill them, that was okay. In fact, you could say that's the law here in the land that we live. If I hate somebody so much, I want to kill them. But I don't kill them. What can the, what can the law do it to me? They can't punish me. They can't convict me of anything. There's no law against hating somebody. But Christ, in the same gospel, Matthew says that if you have hatred towards somebody, then it is as if you killed them. What Christ is trying to tell us is that our motivations matter. And what Christ demands of us is not that we be dutiful, but that what we do, we do out of love and compassion. He doesn't expect us to be blind in following the law. He expects us to love one another and accordingly behave. This is the revolution of the Christian faith, that if we have that compassion in our heart, then we will always be on the right side of God's law according to Christ. This is so important for us to understand. In our families, when we serve our families purely out of obligation, we fail them. If we don't serve them with love in our hearts, then even though we're doing all the right things, our efforts will bear bitter fruit. Today we have several requiem services that we're going to be uh, performing, and each and every one of those souls served their families with love in their heart, not purely out of responsibility. If we're at work, if we only do what is expected of us because it's expected of us, we will fail. We're not going to succeed. We're not going to stand out. We're not going to achieve because we're purely doing what's expected of us out of a sense of duty. But if we do it because we understand why we need to do it, if we do it because we have love in our heart for the work and for the benefits and the fruits of that labor, then we will truly be successful and blessed in our work. And finally, I bring the example of Hairenika, our homeland, our Armenia, our beloved Armenia. 
Each and every one of us is raised within our families and our communities with a sense of obligation and connection with our homeland. We understand that that small bit of land which exists in present-day Armenia is all that's left of a great kingdom that each and every one of us have an obligation of somehow serving and defending. But if we do that only out of a sense of obligation in our heart and without a true sense of love and appreciation and compassion for what those in Armenia are living through, then we will fail in that calling. We will come up short. This is why pilgrimages are so important because when you go and you become an eyewitness to the reality of the lives of our people, to the glory and the beauty of that country, and to the millennia-long legacy that we are a part of, until that moment, then you can only serve out of duty and not out of true love and appreciation and compassion. This is why these pilgrimages are so important. And when I went with this group, I saw their eyes open and their hearts open, especially when we went to Artsakh, when we visited that land which is so important to us and which until this day we struggle to maintain its freedom. A year ago, there was a war. A year ago, there was a four-day war and hundreds of people were killed. And our soldiers didn't have socks and they didn't have sleeping bags and they didn't have the food that they needed. And we put out the call, we need your help. We need your help. These are our boys on that border defending this land that belongs to all of us, whether or not you were born there. And there are still people in our communities that don't even understand what that war is about. There are still people in our communities that are apathetic about the outcome of something that's so important to our destiny as a nation, a nation that's been blessed by God and being counted amongst his people. And when they go and they see, they understand, oh, this is important. We all, each and every one of us, stand on that line. And if we stand on that line only because we're supposed to, then we're going to fail. If we stand on that line because we love our homeland, if we stand on that line because we have compassion for our brothers and sisters, then we will be victorious. We will remain a chosen people amongst God. This is what Christ is asking of each and every one of us in our personal lives and asking for us corporally as a community, and as a nation. And it's my prayer today that he gives us the strength and the vision to continue to serve one another with love and compassion in our heart.